This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Casey, thank you for shining on today. We are going to jumpstart your creativity today with a few cool exercises to get your juices flowing. You will never be stuck for ideas again. But first, you are going to fall in love with the professor of anthropology at Notre Dame. Yes, you will. Dr. Augustin Fuentes has written a book to help us look with clear eyes at our own beliefs. How are you, doctor? I am well. How about yourself? I am well. The book is beautiful. Why we believe evolution and the human way of being. This is not light reading. But there there are gems in store. Gems in store. Why did you want to tackle this topic? Well, I mean, think about where we are in the world today. Um, I've, for the last 30 years or so, I've been researching what does it mean to be human? Like, how do humans work? What makes us tick? Why do we do what we do? And again and again, I keep coming back to this thing. It's more than just the biology. It's more than just the history and the culture. It's the way in which humans see the world, sort of imagine possibilities, and commit to them wholly. So belief, right, this ability to really commit to ideas and concepts keeps showing up again and again. And I think we need to understand it. We can understand it in a way, like you said, there's a lot of information there, but it's actually important and uh, I think it can help us navigating, especially with how complex and messed up the world is today. How can it help us navigate if we understand more about how we believe? Well, let's think about this, right? Because most people associate belief just with religion, right? And, and sort of faith traditions and practices. But the capacity for belief, the way in which we believe, is actually much larger than that. It has to do with politics, with economies, with love, all of those things. So if we step back and say, hey, we know a little bit about our neurobiology, we know a little bit about our history, we know about our cultures, and we know how those things work together that helps us understand why we could get in a room with a bunch of different people from different places and recognize that we actually see and perceive and feel the world in different ways. There are many successful ways to be human, and we need to understand that to be able to navigate the complexities and all the conflicts that are in front of us. I see that playing out this moment as we speak, as the whistleblower document has been released and uh, people are posting on social media, and many posting of their belief in the president not doing anything wrong and many exactly. posting to the other side so this you could help you can help us understand how those things happen right so let's step back for a moment and let's let me let me just say right now the contemporary political landscape of the United States is a perfect example of how our political leaders are manipulating this incredible capacity for belief right um, humans are sort of built to commit to ideas to commit to ideologies to gather together and to really believe wholly and firmly in something and so right now our political system is manipulating that dividing people up and giving taking this advantage of this ability and creating different camps of people now, what people need to do is step back and ask some serious questions. Why do I believe this? Where did 
I get this information from? We have the capacity to do this, to reflect on it, to talk about it. But right now, people are just bypassing all of that moment of reflection and just going right down to like, I'm right, you're wrong. And, you know, that's the world is not that simple. Yeah, it's cruel. It's inhumane what we're doing to each other, um, I think. But also, too... Because people's brains are so different, many people will live their whole life and never have the thought, why do I believe this? Absolutely. And this is one of the power, right? We have this incredible imagination. But most people don't step back a second and ask, why do I believe this? As you just said, that's so important. And we understand how we have the capacity to believe. The why any person believes any particular thing, that's really interesting. And only they can truly answer that, right? What it is in your experience? What is in your life history? What is in your family? What is in your schools? What is in your churches? What has shaped the way in which you believe? Because you have been shaped. And understanding how that works gives you the power to change it if you so desire. We have been shaped by our environment, but what about gut feelings? Right. So when you think of gut feeling, what's so amazing is your gut feeling, actually, and often it is in your gut because your microbiome, the bacteria in there, influence how you feel. But no, when we say gut feelings, we think, well, that's my biology speaking for me. Your biology is never separate from your culture, right? We grew up intertwined from the moment you're born. You're hearing language. You're being touched by people. You're seeing different ways people live in the world. All of that shapes you. So your reaction, what we think is our gut reaction, which is the true biological reaction, that has been shaped over your entire life experience. So that is just as cultural as your thoughts about, you know, which food you like or which TV shows you watch. You just ruined my day a little bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you really did. I thought I could trust my gut that it was a, a clean slate, you know, but it's not. It's influenced but by you everything. You can sort of trust your gut because your gut develops these basic feelings develop in the community in which you grow up, right? Mm-hmm. So so your gut is like a lot of other people's guts. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's good when it works. When it the works. The problem is when that's been manipulated. Let's go back to the sort of political issues in the United States today. When that is manipulated to draw you against others, right? Um, when that is manipulated to sort of take away your ability to try to reflect on it or to think about it, that's very dangerous, right? So a lot of the people uh, right now in the political divide, uh, they're just going off what they think of their guts. They're not realizing they've been a little bit tricked. They've been manipulated into extreme positions without recognizing it. All right. We are talking to Dr. Augustin Fuentes. Now, are you manipulating us at all in this book? Is there anything you would like us to believe? as yes. a big takeaway. Tell me. Absolutely. If you can make it through the book, which I hope people can uh, and enjoy it, um, I hope that once you get to the end of this, you realize our responsibility and our capacity as humans. Right? We have an ability to, to sort of make the world more sustainable. We have the ability to make the world even more compassionate and to make it a better place. But to do that, we have to work at it. And we have to not always think that things are in opposition. It's not science versus religion. right? It's not culture versus biology. All of these things are always mixed together, and they're patterns and processes of belief. So if we really make the effort, and here's what I hope I convince people of by the end of this book, um, we can change things for the better, but you've got to do the work of understanding why you believe what you believe. We all have this incredible capacity, so let's use it as best we can for as many people as we can. Okay. You're the anthropologist. You know, you're, you're watching the streak here. Where do you think uh-huh. humans are going? 
Uh, so let, let me just say out front, I'm a cautious optimist, right? Um, I My field work <laughs> covers the last two million years of human history, and we've done okay. You know, we're here. There's seven and a half billion of us. We've done very well. I hope that streak continues, right? I hope our winning streak continues. But I am worried. I'm really worried. Um, I'm worried about what we're doing to the planet and what we're doing to each other. And a lot of that is because of our belief systems. So, for example, climate change, right? That's a real problem. The facts are in. It's very, very clear. But Facts alone are never enough to really change people's minds. Uh, so we need uh, faith practices, we need the schools, we need the communities to sort of help reshape our beliefs so that we're more proactive in making this world a place that's going to sustain uh, our life and the lives of other organisms. Well, the other day, put this in your research, Kit Kat, okay. of the famous Kit Kat bars, came out uh-huh. with a recyclable wrapper. They're no use, no longer using plastic in their wrapper. And I thought, this is it. This is a sign that we can save humanity. Exactly. No, thank you. That's a perfect example. It's these little things, those kinds of changes. What happens when that becomes normal, right? What happens when everyone expects that on their candy bar? That actually shifts the way we believe and shifts the world. Those are the small things. Everyone wants the big giant, oh, let's change everything right away. That's not the way it works. It works by little pieces reshaping how we exist in the world, and that reshapes the way we expect the world to be, and that's how we change our belief systems. I have to ask the scientist, do you believe in God? Well, let me put that in a good way. So when you ask me if I believe in God, are you asking me about a particular faith practice, for example, uh, Roman Catholicism, Mm -hmm. or are we talking generally across humans, right? Because what I believe varies from what other people believe, even though the word God could be mapped across all of those. Right. And so, uh, as, as an academic, of course, I'm giving you the complicated answer. And that's really important, though, because so many people believe in God, but what they believe and how they engage with that are slightly different. I think that's really important, and I actually do a lot of time in the book talking about this, because I think we need to understand that the human capacity for religion, this ability to know that there's more to the human than the here and now, than the body, than the material, to know that there's something else out there, that's ubiquitous across all humans. But religion itself, like the current religions we have in the world, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, stuff like that, those are all very recent. And so that's a fascinating question. How can humans have been religious for a long time, but only recently developed the specific kinds of major institutions of religions we have today? Maybe it's the same thing that happened with politics. (laughs) (laughs) Divide it up into camps. I don't know. Well, you know, you're pretty close. Uh, So you could look at the history, let's say, over the last four to 8,000 years of what are the major world religions today, right? Christianity, uh, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, and a few others. Um, And we can, archaeologically, you can show in both the written and the archaeological record how these things sort of developed out of different uh, things. And, and, And that's fascinating. And that's not to challenge anyone's belief, right? That's not to challenge someone's faith in a particular tradition, but it is to recognize the tradition change over time, right? And take uh, Catholicism. That is not the same today as it was a thousand years ago. Um, But that's the way we work in recognizing that, understanding that. That's empowering, right? That that doesn't mean that your faith is wrong, right? Or fake. It's absolutely real, but that it is dynamic, just like everything else about the human. Indeed. Doctor, 
Augustin Fuentes. Where do we go for more information about you and your good work? Well, uh, I'd love it if everyone went out and bought the book and read it. That's always a good thing. But you can follow me on Twitter at AnthroFuentes. You can visit me at AFuentes.com. Or you can just email me with any of your questions, AFuentes at ND.edu. I love to hear from people, especially if you've read the book and you like it, dislike it, have questions. Let me hear about it. Let me know. That's Augustin Fuentes, the chair of anthropology, asking you to email him with your questions. If you'd like a copy of his book, Why We Believe, email me from the website casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Hello, and thank you for shining on today. I'm hosting an evening this Thursday night coming up to help you grow and promote your business. It's called Media Night. So if you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, want to know about how to pitch the media, how to get on podcasts, if you want to know about Instagram, you know, how to promote your biz. Join us. It's going to be a great night. I've gathered up a group of professionals. We're going to do our best to educate and elevate. Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y.co has details. Okay, we're coming back next to tweak your creativity. At CBD Live Natural, their goal is to bring their customers the best all-natural products. There is a solution to change your quality of life that will help you live naturally without prescription drugs, which means you'll feel your best. CBD aids with health issues from fibromyalgia to anxiety, joint pain and eczema, acne, and so much more. The staff at CBD Live Natural really know their products, which helps them determine what's best for you, from oils and lotions and creams to candles, edibles, and even pet products. At CBD Live Natural, they don't just sell the products, they're consumers just like you. So you can trust them to recommend the best all-natural products to help you live natural and feel great doing it. CBD Live Natural stores can be found in Bedford Hills, the Westchester Mall in White Plains, and the Stanford Town Center in Stanford, Connecticut. Or you could shop online at their website anytime. CBDLiveNatural.com Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. The podcast heard first on radio stations in Westchester and the Hudson Valley and then available everywhere. Podcasts are available. Thank you for following the podcast, for reading the podcast, for commenting on the podcast. Much appreciated. Now, don't be afraid of your creativity. Yes, it's in you. You just may need to jiggle your buttons a little bit to get your creativity flowing. Catherine Hayden has written a book, The Non-Obvious Guide to Being More Creative No Matter Where You Work. Stay here for a few exercises to help you bring that out. We all have an incredible amount of creativity, but the reason we think we don't is because a lot of time it's just not activated. One of the big points of the book is to try to help people understand what creativity is, what creative strengths they already have, and how to activate those. We have such a narrow definition of creativity in our society that there are so many myths surrounding it, but we all are creative no matter what, just by virtue of being human. If we can activate that, that will power up our creativity, which happened to me when I understood what creativity was myself. Tell the story of how it happened to you. You know, my story comes from a long, long time ago when I was actually in school and I was in third grade I love to learn, but in my regular classroom, I just didn't have much to sink my mind into, I guess. 
I tried and you know I did well in school but was a bit disruptive I think to the to the class but that summer I went to a summer program that's still going on in the suburbs of Chicago and it was incredible and I learned how to write creatively I learned to write free verse poetry and that sparked me that drew it out and from then on I have been studying what environments nurture this creative thinking in people? What environments nurture their full expression? Because I felt that back then in third grade, and I wanted to recreate that for others, whether they are learners or workers. All right. I hear people listening saying, but I don't work with creative people. I don't work in a creative environment. It's the same thing every day, and we're all so stressed out. How can we help those people turn on their creativity? Well, and that's something people say a lot. But that is when we need creativity the most, to be honest. So constraints drive creativity, and especially in this day and age when everything's changing so fast, we need it. In fact, LinkedIn Learning just this year came out with an interesting point that said creativity is the single most important skill in the world for professionals. And they got this by analyzing millions, 20 million job openings on their site. What people need to know is that we can apply new thinking. It's not necessarily art or what we typically consider creativity, but we can apply new thinking. We can apply universal process and problem solving to mundane things like cutting our budget, developing products, growing sales. Just a new idea can do all those things. Constraints drive creativity. Necessity, the mother of invention, right? How do we jumpstart our creativity? Give us something we can do at work or at home to turn this sucker on. So this book is full of very easy tweaks. So just little things you can do. So one of the things that I like to say is simply replace no with why. Whenever you're tempted to say no to a new idea or a request, just stop yourself for a moment and ask the question why. And that will more than likely uncover a new problem to solve and bring you more insight. Wow. Give so me, that's one thing. Give me an example of that. Like, what's a no question that I would ask a why to? So someone comes to you, says, Casey, I really need to work from home a couple days a week. And you say, no, we don't do that here. Right. No, no. But what if instead of that immediate no, your thought was to say, to ask them, well, Why? Why do you want to work from home a couple of days a week? And the person might say, well, you know, we have this radio show that we do across the world with India, and I have to get in touch with them in the morning, and the traffic's gotten so bad, and I'm not able to make that call in the morning before I get into work, and it's really slowing me down. I'm, I'm losing about an hour and a half of productive time and missing out on this call to India that's so important to our work. And then all of a sudden, you have a new problem to solve. Right. Maybe... The problem isn't that the person, maybe the solution isn't that the person does work from home, but maybe it's a different solution that solves the actual problem. So simply asking why makes such a difference. Oh, I'm going to use that one for sure. I work with two people who, and I say this all the time, I know your first answer is always no. (laughs) 
because it is. You know, but for for the people whose first answer is always no, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect the status quo, just keep things moving along. They don't want anything to disrupt the apple cart. So sometimes no is a safety answer. But uh, replacing no with why, oh my goodness, I love that. I might have to hang that by the copy machine later. Give me another one if you don't mind. Another one that I like to say is perpetual prototype mode. And I say, stay in perpetual prototype mode. Think of every new idea as an experiment. Try it, be open to feedback, tweak it, and make it better. So instead of saying, making it such a big deal that you're about to try a new thing or do something different, just think of it as an experiment. So it's not a final answer, it's an experiment. You can put something out there that's not perfect, be open to feedback and tweak it. And then all of a sudden that big risk, that feeling of risk that we have when we're about to try something new, it starts to diminish and it starts to make us braver to do that more often. Right, like I say to a lot of my coaching clients, you can pick up this fear, this rock, this problem, in a few minutes, just give me eight minutes where you, you can just put it down. You can pick it back up yes, again later. Exactly. Just exactly. put it down I for a few minutes. All right. Perpetual prototype mode. This is just an experiment. Because really, like the first rule of improv is to always say yes, because unless you say yes, the the skit or the scene doesn't move forward. It stays stalled. Yes, and. Right, yes, and. Yes, and. So I, I guess um, the non-obvious guide to being more creative, no matter where you work by Catherine P. Hayden is a lot of uh, helpful tips that can help us say yes, even if it's only temporary, to ignite our creativity. Exactly. It helps you to gain mastery over your thinking, your most powerful thinking, and even to leverage the diversity of your team and the people around you. Because we think all so differently. We come from different backgrounds, experiences, And when we use these ideas from the science of creativity, very easy ideas, we can harness the perspectives of the people around us as well. What about the people who need an idea and can't find one? Do you have any tips for us? Yes, lots of tips. I talk about the guidelines for seeking possibilities. In fact, in the book, I've defined creativity as breaking through the inertia of no by seeking new possibilities and finding valuable solutions. So that piece of seeking possibilities, that's the idea seeking. That's the visioning, the imagining. And I have lots of tools in there. One of them that's really fun is called reverse brainstorming. I provide guidelines on how to do a proper brainstorm and imagine that, a proper brainstorm. But actually, if we follow certain guidelines, we are have a much better chance of coming up with good ideas, original ideas, powerful ideas. So this one technique called reverse brainstorming is a lot of fun. So what you do, instead of asking, as in a regular brainstorm, well, what might be all the ideas we can come up with for guests on our radio show? So that would be the typical brainstorm. But reverse brainstorming, you ask the question in a different way. What might be all the guests that we could have on our radio show to guarantee we never have a listener again? Oh, sure. Right? So you just tweak that question to the opposite, to the results that you don't want. And then it's actually really funny. It brings out humor. It brings out crazy ideas and really bonding as we're going together. And in the spaces between thinking of those crazy ideas, really, really good ideas emerge. That's Catherine P. Hayden, Being More Creative. 
is the book, The Non-Obvious Guide to Being More Creative, no matter where you work. Let me know if you want a copy from the website, Casey.co. Our thoughts for the day are many, and they all come from Catherine's book, and they deal with a hurdle creative people will jump over many times in their career, and that is what I call the who the heck am I hurdle. Catherine writes about how to beat the imposter syndrome. Here are a few quotes, okay? The counterfeit innovator is widely self-confident. The real one is scared to death. That from Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. Here's one from Maya Angelou. I've written 11 books, but each time I think, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. And my favorite from Tom Hanks, no matter what we've done, there comes a point when you think, how did I get here? When are they going to discover that I am, in fact, a fraud and take everything away from me? So if you have a creative urge and you're holding back because you're thinking, who the heck am I? Just know everybody feels that way. Everybody thinks, what the heck am I doing? I'm pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. So just jump over that hurdle and do your thing. Shine on. been listening to shine on the health and happiness show for your entertainment only heard sunday mornings on 100.7 whud and on real countries 9 20 12 60 and 14 20 a.m all in new york's hudson valley subscribe to shine on on itunes and soundcloud and catch a show anytime at casey.co that's k-a-c-e-y dot c-o shine on